0: Adam's on the line.
1: Hi, guys.
0: Hey, Adam. What's up, man? How are you? uh, Dean is sitting out this week, uh, so Jerry and I have just been talking politics, and now that you're here, we can officially start the show. (laughs) Yeah, we can start the show, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, man, thank you.
1: (laughs) Man, I feel honored. What can I tell you? (laughs) What can I say? Yeah, uh... Man, it's been a while since I've been on the show with
2: Jerry. Man, I missed you. I know. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry because I, I had to go. You know, we, we had a you know a dinner to go to that, I guess, the last time that you were that you were on. That's, yeah. A, I think it was because it, it was Sunday and because this was like we, we wanted Well, my brother wanted us to go to a friend's house for the holiday for Rosh Hashanah. So, and yeah. so it wasn't just my mom and I here. So that, that's why. I mean, I'm. I've given Jamie a, a lot of advanced heads and notice. I even like asked for permission. Jamie's like the teacher. I asked for permission. <laughs> yeah, mom, you don't have to. You don't permission.
0: have to do that. So, no, I asked
2: you know, ask for permission. They're like, you like the don, you know, the don Jamal. Yeah, so I, I,
0: I, I wrote Jerry a hall pass, and uh, you know, it all worked out. It all worked out. <laughs> <up. laughs> Perfect. So, Perfect. let's see the principal if he stops you. You know, kind of
1: Yeah. Well, I just uh, I just right. got in ten, 10 minutes ago from seeing that uh, uh, Ouija uh, origin of evil. and Because um, they, they scheduled it the same. <laughs> I know. I was going to skip it. I was going to skip it. And then the buzz was really positive on it. It was uh, Rotten Tomatoes was like 81%. So I said,
2: okay, I got to investigate because well, everybody well, else. I want to hear what you think of it. I, have, I saw a completely different movie today, certainly. Yeah. I don't think it's the same. It's the same. We, we probably can't have a compare and contrast between the two movies, but I do want to hear what you thought of the movie, though. Well,
1: they scheduled it the same night as we had, that we had our press screening for Jack Reacher, uh, and yes. so we had to choose between those two, and I chose the Jack Reacher night. All my colleagues were going there, and so. And uh, so we all went over there, and then we all hated it. And, and so then we all kind of wish we had gone over to to Ouija. And, and uh, but then have it, I so I I slid it in this afternoon, and uh, and really it's not any better than the first movie. It's not. I don't know where this positive is coming. Yeah, the, well, I'll tell you one thing about it though that is really interesting that you guys will probably appreciate, and a lot of movie geeks will appreciate this too. Is uh, well, for one thing, they have the old uh, Universal logo when it first comes on, which is nice. Right.
2: Um
1: And yeah, right. I always love that.
0: So, <laughs> so that,
2: always it's, always that that's always with, it's always great with it's always
0: great with the best thing about a movie is the first second.
2: <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: you know, well, I feel least... bad
2: about going to the bathroom throughout it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you think that, you
1: know, they're putting some effort into it if they're going to go and uh, resurrect the old Universal logo. It's like, okay, they're going to put a little, you know, they're going to got a little sense of style going here. And and so then you get into it, and there's a lot of split diopter shots in it, too. So obviously the director is inspired by De Palma or something because I, I spotted at least four of them. And and then Ooh. another interesting thing about it from a technical standpoint is that you know the old cigarette burns when you would change reels in a film, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have that anymore because everything's gone to digital projection. Right. Uh right. so they have that in this film. You actually have the cigarette. Wow. Burn. So every, every 20 wow. minutes the movie switches over and it looks just like it's going to a, another reel. <coughs> and and uh, I thought that wow. was neat. You know, I I I sat there and silently said to myself,
2: Wow, that's nice. <laughs> but uh, can I ask a question? Yeah. Do you regret not seeing the Medea movie then instead of Ouija we- uh, we- Board of Evil, whatever it's called? I mean. Uh, well,
1: you know, I think I still think the Ouija movie's got to be a little bit better
2: than Medea. It's like being—it's like being a. You want to get you get want to get run over by a car or by a garbage truck? I mean, it's it, not yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's oh, uh, a.
1: But you know, the last twenty minutes, there's some, there's a few scares, and and the movie takes place in 1967, and they get the period detail, you know, right. It looks okay, but but it's just not, it's not a great movie. Uh, in spite of what people are saying, it's just not. And uh, I hate to say I, that,
2: but I figured the reason that it was getting the marks it was getting is because, well, you know, first of all, there was there was supposed to be that new. Ring movie was supposed to come out this week. Or, That's you know, right, yeah. And then they postpone that until February, which is never a good sign. I mean, when you do yeah. that, you know, there's trouble. I mean, I, I don't know whether the catering was bad on the set. I don't know, but, um, you know, <laughs> it's just not a good sign. Because um, I was kind of curious about that, how they were going to make that kind of movie, given that all the technological advances in, like, home, you know, basically home entertainment, and what would be the, how would you do that story today so i was kind of curious about that but not you know the studio decided in february i mean
0: so. mm-hmm.
2: yeah probably
0: so for good reason, did, like did, did none say. of us uh did, did none of us care for uh, jack reacher never go back oh, oh that's that's, good go that's
1: a good title yeah we we uh, i think it is
0: it kind of it? i mean it's a perfect title it is, yeah. <laughs> please,
2: please never go back. <laughs> no, You know what I think the problem with the movie is? and I I like the first one. I really do like the yeah, first one. It's, and I, it's really grown on me. As I think, you know, regardless of whether he's the right actor to play him, he does such a good job because in the first one, and I even think he cries in this one. The problem with this one is that I think it's based on the most recent book you have all these other books in between. So in the terms of the, the movie universe of Zachary exactly, Drew, we've gone to the beginning to so many, we have given the character no time to evolve or whatsoever. We've already, we've neutered him by this one. If that makes yeah. sense. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. if someone said it was like the trying to make on her Majesty's secret as the, the second film. And there's some truth in that, but you've taken, you know, you there are things that we know like I I'm, I've never read any of the books my mom has a lot of my mm-hmm. friends have but there are things I know about the character and I'm watching it and I'm just like there's no one thought this through this was not this was not the second film to make there were so many other things you could have done with this character and it's like you basically said we're going to we'll start with step 1 let's pick up at step 20 and that's what it felt like to me watching it i i really just felt like almost it, it reminded me of the um, the the Incredible Hulk TV show where he's always on the
0: road and everything. Remember, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It just, he's
2: always hitchhiking yeah, at it, the end, it or it just
0: for me. For me, it just felt so lifeless. There, yeah. And and it's not Tom, Tom Cruise's fault because Tom Cruise seems to be the only one working in it. You know, uh, yeah. and it's it started from the very beginning. For me, all those supporting performances were were so direct to video bad. Mm -hmm, I mean, they were just kind of – they're very amateurish. I do think that if it were a better movie, (laughs) that that final scene would have really paid off. Because I do think Tom Cruise hits a good moment uh, when he's talking to the girl that he believes was his daughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, When he's dropping her off at school, I think that could have been a moving moment and a good performance moment for him too. But the movie, by that point, obviously, it was just a lost cause. It's just so – if it starred anyone other than Tom, I could imagine that exact same movie starring Lorenzo Lamas, and it would have been the exact same experience <laughs> i i was
2: jamie I was thinking that not Lorenzo Lamas, I was thinking Don the Dragon Wilson, to be honest with you,
0: but <laughs> right anybody like that yeah
2: yeah no i I really was sad because i when the movie starts out. The way it does in the diner, and you see all the bodies out front and everything, you're, you know, you're like, okay, we get it. I know, I, you know, we know he's superhuman. He's like not to be messed with. But you've taken the whole, you're, you're we're almost taking that for granted. And I kind of miss. I would have much rather seen a different opening. I'd rather still see like us getting to know Jack Reacher because this is going on the assumption that you, you know him, you have read everything, and it. It's not a. I don't know. It it does have a direct to video feel. There's no. You you are absolutely right. If there's anybody other than Tom Cruise, this movie would not be in the theaters. I mean,
0: it would it would be straight to Cinemax or it'd be DVD. It felt like something that, said like like a throwaway action thing made for Cinemax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Cinemax produces good stuff now, but uh, I'm talking about like the 80s Cinemax. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> Dude, about the 80s. Dude, I love movie. the 80s Cinemax.
2: Andrew, Andrew this was Steven. not that. This was not '80s cinemax. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, Come that, on. Actually, that.
0: actually, actually, Jerry, that's the actor that could have started the lead of this. It could have been Andrew Stevens, and it would have been. Oh, dude. He, he,
2: oh my God. Oh my. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah. I think we should pitch that to a studio right now. Um,
0: but. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam. Here's what we're gonna do: this show. We're gonna review the October Blu-rays, and then we're going to include you in a list. And and I'll tell you what the list can be ahead of time so you guys can have time to choose which decade you want. We can choose between, oh. I think, the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s. Uh, maybe not the 90s. Anyway, let's say 60s, 70s, or 80s. The, the, the ten best horror films of that decade. And uh, so you guys can choose the decade once we get to the end, and then we'll review that list. Okay?
2: Nice. I'm stressing out already. Okay, good. good. Uh, me Let's too, but we'll get there.
0: <laughs> so, all right, buddy. Okay. So, what do we got?
1: October fourth, start there, um, and on that day, they uh, Sony issued "Mr. Deeds Goes to Town," the 80th anniversary edition. So, huh. I don't know what your guys' feelings are on that movie. I rewatched it. I got my review copy and put it in and. I think it's a terrific piece of work. It still holds up. It's funny. It's, you know, it's got some sentiment going there, and it just for a movie that's that old, it really completely works, I think. It's just really, really Capra at his best. And, uh, they've oh, done no, it,
2: those, those movies are but, awesome. That movie's yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's really good, especially
1: the last hour. The humor mm-hmm. is just so sharp, and... And he's so good at you know painting these characters and the little character quirks that each one of them has and it's just I don't know I, it just really I said man this is really good. <laughs> so anyway they've done and they done a beautiful. Uh, I love
0: thing. the I love the scene where uh, John Totoro has black feet and Adam Sandler beats him with a uh, poker. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: got to admit though Totoro is just killer in the remake though you got to admit that he's just yeah. He steals every scene he's in, and Buscemi too, by the way. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes. But anyway, they've done a great
1: job with this. It's a 4K restoration, and uh, so and they've been putting out yeah. these uh, Capra films uh, at the rate of about one a year. Now, last year they did uh, "You Can't Take It with You," and mm-hmm. I think the year before that was uh, "Mr. Smith Goes to Washington," and. Uh, they're all great, and they're uh, they're really inexpensive. They're only like nine ninety nine or something. They're not really uh, pri- too
0: pricey. Wow,
1: that's yeah, so, that's a great, yeah. that's Adam, a great deal.
0: Yeah. Adam, they find the uh, they find the original elements. They have they have the original I, elements of Mr. Deeds.
1: I don't know if it, if if they come from the original elements, but I'm telling you, it really looks good. I mean, the the it's just they've done a great job uh regardless of where they get, they uh, came up with the source print I'm you know it's it's really good stuff so um i highly highly recommend that uh picking that up if you if if we have anybody who doesn't have it or or is interested uh now i don't know if you guys have heard about this but sony has just recently uh, launched a new line where they're going to be doing kind of like the Warner video on demand stuff or the Fox and Universal you know they do the you know because there's not really the big demand for catalog titles, uh, w- you know, with them manufacturing these titles, so they just do them on demand. A lot of them, and it's a controversial practice because, uh, you know, there there are reports that some of these discs degrade over time. Uh, the ones, oh. instead of, uh, you know, when they're having a mass pressing, it's it's a whole different thing. Um, and there have been some some people saying that you know it that they it's it's since it's a different process that they will degrade in time and and so but anyway i think the first studio to my knowledge that has opted to do this for blu-ray is sony and they launched that uh last month with the next karate kid <laughs> one of the <laughs> of, of wow all the but this month they they really uh put out a a, a good title um body double is what I was getting at uh, they've actually done uh but but these titles are very pricey that's the thing I think they're retailing around twenty nine ninety nine and for a burn disc this is this is a little bit pricey yeah. i believe but, for, but, or for but burn. Especially, i mean you,
0: you charge you charge warm. that much you charge that much if if you if it's like exclusivity uh mm. if this is the only place you can get it. But hasn't yeah. body double been released in other versions? Aren't there other versions out there?
1: Yeah, there's quite a few actually. Uh, it has been issued by Twilight Time, which sold out before you could even. Uh, the, in fact, it pre, the pre-orders were so strong they sold out before it even hit the streets, to my knowledge. And so it was. It was almost you could you couldn't even get the domestic version. But it was put out uh, by a company called Umbrella in uh in England, which I have that version, that's the mm-hmm. one I have. And it's the 4K. It's it's a 4K um uh print of the, you know, transfer of the film. And uh I I have a, a Blu-ray that will play discs from all over the world. I have the region free. So the uh, umbrella version was was good enough for me. Uh so that's the one I have. But then they put out a box set in France that has a book, a, a big thick book and it's it's a, it's just a huge but uh, they they really all the bells and whistles on body double if you if you're a big fan of that and it was very limited i'm not sure if it's even still in print but they did one and and so now sony has gone back to the well and they're putting it out too and i don't even know if there's any extras on this i do i do believe it's a 4k transfer so you are going to get some a good quality uh, print of the film here but um beyond that i don't know hmm. so it's it's going to be interesting to see where this goes yeah, with their. By the way, their Adam. Vi- I,
0: yeah, I, I need. I needed to tell you because last time you were on, you were talking about the, using the Vestron Video logo as your ringtone.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it just came out last week that Vestron Video is making a comeback. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I did see this. Lions- yeah. Yeah, Lionsgate is giving the Blu-ray treatment to to a bunch of Vestron Video titles. Yeah stuff like Chopping Chopping Mall and that kind of thing. So, uh That's right, you're not yeah. alone in y your affection for that.
1: <laughs> they're guilty pleasures, I'm telling you, but uh yeah, I, in fact, I was at a Best Buy yesterday and they're actually carrying them in the stores, which is really kind of bizarre. Wow, cool. uh, I guess maybe because of horror, uh, you know, Halloween and horror films being on display, but but they actually had in the store Chopping Mall and Blood Diner, which was Kind of kind of interesting. But yeah, yeah, I know that's neat. And and the and the bo- and the discs I mean the uh, the packages actually have the first Vestron logo on the front, which is kind of funny. But uh
0: Isn't uh, isn't, Lionsgate, isn't Lionsgate the studio that Altman uh the company that Altman kinda of started up?
1: I know it's the same name, but I think it's a different entity, but I could be wrong. But I I always was led to believe that it was a different uh that it was something different can't be 100% sure, but yeah. I know yeah, I don't his... know. I don't know
2: off the top of my head.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but I,
2: I well, do know I am, that
0: was his... I am crazy yeah. about <laughs> – I mean you're you're crazy about collecting the movies. I'm crazy now about collecting the soundtracks. Like I, I got – I don't know if it's a Vestron video release, but stuff like uh, the Slumber Party Massacre. I've got my eye oh, yeah. on that soundtrack. <laughs> I dude, I'm still jealous you
2: have tentacles sound soundtrack, okay? I know. And now, dude, you don't understand. He <laughs> raised his tentacles last week, and I'm like, I'm the kid that stayed up to watch this all, like, in like, 1978, I think, on NBC when that premiered, because I wanted to see it in theaters. No one would let me go to the theater to see it. So it's just really, you know, bad Italian, you know, the dub voices and everything. And But the music was awesome from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, I love the music. And, this guy's got the double vinyl of it. I mean, oh my God.
0: yeah. You don't
2: know how jealous that was, Jamie, last week when you brought that up. I mean, still.
1: I saw it on deep. NBC television too. That's funny you mentioned that because that's where I saw it at on NBC TV.
2: Yeah, and, 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 and the, that, that yeah. the baby carriage, you know, is a yep. the baby, and that freaked me out for years, dude. Me you too. have No idea. <laughs> That's so
1: funny. We probably I need to no, see the no, no, movie. Front, I, 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 I have. I, that's tentacles. that's what
0: I have to do now is see the movie.
2: See
1: the yeah, movie. You you
2: you will you will be very upset. I promise you that.
0: Yeah, um, you will. You, you
1: will. Be,
2: you <laughs> will. There, there will be blood in the streets of Lakeland. Um, but. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but we All right, probably Adam, what, watched the same broadcast. That? That's funny. okay. But uh, okay. Moving along, there is a um, uh. There's uh, some Best Buy exclusives, speaking of Best Buy. They they have issued uh, some of the Universal titles, and you can only get them in the uh, the Best Buy stores or online, I guess. There's a couple of those uh, that are worth mentioning. It's, it came from outer space, and they're actually mm. putting that out in 3D. Um, so that that's one. The Ghost and Mr. Chicken is another one. And um, they're also doing uh, October, October is, is Sky. The ghost,
0: is the Ghost... It's the Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Is that like a real... I've heard of the Ghost of Mrs. Muir, but the chicken?
2: <laughs> That's a real movie, man. It's a it's, real... Yeah, this is Don Knotts. Yeah, oh, okay. A... All
1: right. Yeah, it's when he uh, left uh, Andy Griffith and went and tried to launch a film career, and he did a bunch of those films like The uh, Reluctant Astronaut and Shakiest Gun in the West and Ghost of Mr. Chicken. was one. I think he did like five films, and he had a... signed a deal with them, and... That was like the. That's probably the one that most of the fan his big fans uh, cling to the most. The most mm-hmm. of Mr. Chicken. Huh. It has a lot of the. I think some of the cast from the Andy Griffith Show and the, some of the writers are involved, and so you know it's kind of a almost a crossover, I guess. But anyway, um, so uh, Criterion has been really busy with the. Um, the Robert Altman stuff this month and uh mm-hmm. they they did they started on the 4th with uh, Nashville which has been issued before of course but it was issued previously in the dual uh the dual format where which is where they put out the um the Blu-rays and the uh, DVDs together and now they've reissued it as just a Blu-ray only so um it's out there and of course they also we'll go ahead and just mention these two since we're talking about Altman, they did McCabe and Mrs. Miller and Shortcuts as well all this month. So, uh,
2: okay, I know, so uh, I'm just praying that the Barnes & Noble, whichever Barnes & Noble I go to in November or whenever that the 50% off sale has that McCabe and Mrs. Miller. That's what I'm banking on. You don't understand, <laughs> guys. You do not understand. I, I feel I'd have to tackle people in the music <laughs> department, but that's all. That's, that's just me. Okay. Um,
1: well, we've both seen that's it. Pretty, I know that's pretty James sweet. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I second that emotion. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good. I I think they did a really good job on that transfer. I probably as good as they're going to get on home video because it's such a such a delicate film to transfer. And I I thought they um I thought they did a pretty good job. And and in the booklet they do say that Vilmos uh, Zsigmond was involved in the uh, the, uh, mm. the the technical
0: work on it.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So, uh, yeah, he had. I guess yeah, he passed the, the,
0: on the extras. The extras are um, illuminating. Um, you know, there's a there's an interview that <clears throat> there's a preview clip of one of the extras that I watched a couple of weeks ago uh, of the making of and Renee. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Help me out, Adam. What's his last Albert name? Noir, Hall? I
1: think Albert uh, Junoy. I okay. believe I could be wrong, but.
0: Uh, he was talking about how well Warren Beatty and Robert Altman collaborated, and I said, "Well, that's bullshit." Uh, I guess you, I guess this is going to be a this is going to be a really diplomatic making of. But then, yeah. to their credit, I, I think it was Polly Platt came in. Uh, I think it was her, maybe it was someone else, and Joan Tewksbury maybe that came on and talked about how uh, no, they were at odds. Uh, throughout the shoot, because they just work differently. But I, I mean, a, a great credit to that movie uh, is the clashing of those two titans and what mm-hmm. it ended up creating in the process. But the the transfer is beautiful. Um, uh, it it maintains the old Altman commentary. Um, yeah. You know, and the second the second I, I put it on, that movie just puts a spell on you uh it does. the first time it you wa- the first time you watch it i agree the sound is disconcerting it but it never i never felt like i was missing anything because of the sound necessarily in the first reel or two but uh so it might the first time you watch it it might take a little while to get into it but once you do the movie casts a spell uh and when you return to it it automatically puts you back there mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels – why I love McCabe is it feels like nothing else ever made, like the feeling of it that seeps into you. And mm-hmm. and the Leonard Cohen, I'm telling you, the visuals are ravishing, but the Leonard Cohen I think is an equal contributor to the feeling of that movie. Mm-hmm. And that was such an outside-of-the-box choice. I think Altman was visiting a friend's apartment one night, and they were playing that Leonard Cohen album. And Altman said, I think that's the music for my movie. You know, it just – and it was such a, like, uh, weird choice, and yet it fits so beautifully into the movie. Um, so that's yeah, my thought. Uh, yeah, no, that's
2: – I, I might have to get this before the – Barnes & Noble sale. Okay, Um. all right. I might have to just go, go break down and <laughs> buy this tonight. Um. Okay, you guys are killing me. Um, right. <laughs> highly, highly recommended. I'm telling no, you. No, no, and- I want to. I want to get it because it's a movie. Like I saw it in a film class and long before that because when my brother Saul was trying to break into the movie business, we watched that like many times. We rented it from the video store back mm-hmm. in the 80s. So that's the kind of movie that just leaves a it does it leaves a spell on you because especially like in the nineteen eighties even you've never seen anything like that you know you're you're me and you you know you're in your teens and it's just such an otherworldly film and I think it still is otherworldly I don't think there's yeah I mean there's obviously other there's stuff that we see today that is very influenced by it but there's not there was nothing like that movie nothing I mean I couldn't agree more with you Jamie there was nothing like that
1: yeah it's one of a kind and uh and you know nat uh our good friend uh, nat Segaloff, he posted uh, i know you posted something about it, Jamie, where you were watching it, and I don't he brought up something I didn't know. he said that uh the laser disc was remixed the audio was remixed by Altman to make it clearer during those first two reels, and I did not realize that I had
0: missed that that
1: was um a detail that escaped me so um, uh, I think you, know what?
0: Is, you know what? Yeah. I I don't I don't know. I don't know, but I'll I'll bet you whatever that phrase is, dollars to donuts, Altman would not have done that. Uh, Altman <laughs> would not have approved that. It might have been done, but not with yeah. his approval.
1: I wouldn't think so. But uh yeah, but that, that would be interesting to hear that. I would be curious to hear that that audio track on that laser disc just to see. You know what it's, uh, but I, I put up the subtitles when I watched it this time, just out of curiosity. I just thought I would do it, go go that route because I'd never done it before, and uh, it's it makes for an interesting experience if you've never tried it that way.
0: <laughs> but you know, and Definitely. at the same time, I do not fault I do not fault Altman for the sound because I know that I mean obviously it's his doing, and if there's right. any mudding of the sound, it's his responsibility, but. It's an example of him taking a risk. I mean, he has in his mind an environment where you're in the midst of 30 different conversations among people. Your ears go different places, not necessarily to the two lead stars. Um, And and I thought that was a risky choice. And did he take it too far? Maybe. But at least he took the risk. Um, and, And that's what I love about him. I mean that's what made him one of our maverick filmmakers. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But like you said, it's like nothing you've ever seen, and this is this is the best you're ever going to get. Uh, I think of a home video pressing of this film. So. You know, definitely go for it. And I, I love Shortcuts also. I, I adore that film. Yeah. And I was so glad they put that out too because I saw that when it came out in theaters and it just completely mm-hmm. blew me away. I mean, I can remember sitting there. We got it around Thanksgiving of 93 here and, oh my goodness, I just, I, my jaw just dropped. It was one of those experiences. like right. no,
2: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's okay, let me ask you this though. Because um, I have the Criterion DVD. Mm-hmm. Of that, Do you, you gotta. I don't have, I don't have the, the financial resources to double dip like that. Is it worth double dipping though for shortcuts? I mean,
1: I don't think the extras. I, I that was a, Actually, I did not get a review copy on that one. They, uh, that was one of the ones that they did not send me, and I think they, they might have run out of them because uh, one of my colleagues he didn't even get the Blu-ray. He just got, he just got a DVD review copy, and he already had it from years ago. Right. So, so I think they are running short. So I haven't actually gotten my hands on it yet, but um, I think that the extras are pretty much the same as they were before. Okay. okay. Uh, but it is it is a new four K transfer.
2: I, well, that, I, I see, believe. that's the thing that can because I'm hoping one of these days we're gonna get, we'll get a new flat screen. Um, yeah. As as funds as funds make themselves available, so I do keep that in mind for some of the Criterion titles, you know. To um so. Oh yeah. Just curious. I'm just curious. I mean, because I I have a lot of, I guess, the, some of the stuff that we'll see that the Criterion Blu-ray. I do have the DVD version, so I just want to know if it's really some of them. I do think it is worthwhile double dipping, and others, you know, when I do double dip, I, regr- I regret it almost. <laughs> <the beginning>, but... <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that
0: uh, so it works. also depends upon how often you'll be watching it. Right. You know, is right. It, is yeah. it a movie? Is it a movie you return to every year or two? I mean, yeah. I'd say in that case, yeah, Double Death. Right, right, I would right.
1: too. Yeah, that's one I come back to a lot. So Yeah, no, absolutely. it is.
2: It's, it's a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah, so. ab- absolutely.
1: But uh, anyway, so Warner Brothers uh, issued, and I, it makes you wonder if they would have done this if Prince had not died. But uh, regardless, uh, now six months after his passing, they put out a Prince movie collection, and they have yeah. uh, Purple Rain, of course. But then we have Under the Cherry Moon and the Graffiti Bridge as well. So they, they put them all out on Blu-ray, and it's interesting because the cases – you know where most of the Blu-ray cases have that blue at the top? Well, these are purple. So
2: <laughs>
1: it makes the, the packaging is interesting, if nothing else. Purple-ray. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: but, uh, I, anyway, uh, so. Well, obviously, I think there are people that really uh... – champion under the cherry moon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, you'll be hard pressed to find many people at champion graffiti bridge. Um, but I will say graffiti bridge is, and maybe it goes without saying is a, is an astounding album. Like it's really oh, yeah. good music. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was the final nail in the coffin for his directing career though. Graffiti bridge. <laughs> that was I pretty much ended it, but, uh, yeah, but uh, they put these out in separate. Uh, if you want to get them individually, you can do that as well. So they're out there. Um, the Jess Franco uh, Dracula's Daughter, directed by Jess Franco, that's out um, from 1972. They issued that, and um, <clears throat> also a Vamp from 1986 with uh, Grace Jones, one of those oh. uh, mid '80s uh, horror
2: flicks. God, I hate to ask Dracula to marry his daughter. Can you imagine that, asking for her hand in marriage? I mean, that would just be a nightmare. I mean, just, you you just, you just bite me on the neck. Get it over with, guys. I mean, really, just.
0: (laughs) Well, the good thing is, uh, you know she sucks on a first date. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I do
2: know that. That goes without saying. Oh, my God. It's like like my work conversations. This is awesome. I love this. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh. Well, Sony also opted to uh, issue uh, Marie Antoinette, the uh, Sofia Coppola Marie Antoinette. Oh. oh. <laughs> they put that one out. So, um, yeah, that's uh, and I think that might be on their label too. The uh, the, the 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 video, the Blu-ray on-demand label. I think that's part mm. of that as well. So uh, Sony is also issue, reissued, and we're going to October the 11th now, moving to the next week. Uh, they On that day, they reissued Angels and Demons and uh, Da Vinci Code, I guess, in anticipation of uh, Inferno, which is the third chapter in that series. Of, uh, it's the so. third
2: chapter cinematically. There is another book, though, The Lost Symbol, which I was talking to someone the other night, and they are just like, oh, yeah, that book sucked. Um <laughs> so not that I think Inferno is any better, but when they announced that they were making this, I was kinda stunned. I was just like either there was still interest in this. I mean, I'm gonna go see it. I'm gonna take my mom to see it this weekend, but I mean just go I mean I'm just I've seen the other two, so that's how I look at it. I I am curious to yeah. see what to do here. But is it just me or does the trailer like seem to give away everything? I mean Yeah, pretty much. I mean I've never seen many... Hot points given away in a trailer before. I mean,
1: it's just... I totally agree. Yeah, there's. Uh, I, I'm not really excited about it, but uh, I'm. I'm gonna grudgingly go to the. Um... Yeah, I
2: mean, we're gonna go see. I mean, I don't think many people are excited about it. It's sort of like going to get like a, you know, getting you know like, uh, you know, when giving a cavity church, I guess I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't know. I'll, uh... <laughs> We'll see, I guess. We got Is we got. If coming out that weekend, I'd much rather
1: see that. But that's just me. Huh? <laughs> We're having a screening for *Hacksaw Ridge* on Thursday too. That was oh, more
2: interested in. Dude, I'd much in, rather but, go. I can I? will yeah. drive
1: down for that instead. I mean, really. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more interested in that. But
2: no, yeah, anyway, absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah, so director Ted V. Michaels died last week. Uh, mm. You know, he's a cult horror film director, and right. uh, just. Coincidentally, Kino released one of his uh, most famous films, *The Astro Zombies*, from 1972, I believe it was. And
0: so, they here's a serious they, question for you, uh, Adam: Do you mm-hmm. think uh, Do you think they killed him so that the the Blu-ray would sell more? <laughs> That's a
1: conspiracy. <laughs> it makes you wonder, you know, because Kino has done this. This is the second month in a row because. Uh, Last month, if you recall, they put out "Haunted Honeymoon" and "The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother," and Gene Wilder yeah. passed away. And it mm, was the same label as Kino. So, yep. yeah, that's something to think about there. So, uh,
2: anyway, who no, knows? <laughs> I
0: think I think Kino might have used a kilo of rat poison in those, uh, <laughs> in those victims. There
1: you go. Well <clears throat> Criterion has uh has issued uh and the, October the 11th by the way is a, is a jam-packed day. That was the same day that McCabe and Mrs. Miller came out and also uh Criterion issued Boyhood on that day, a brand new 4K mm-hmm. uh uh version of uh Boyhood with all, with some new extras and carryovers from the old Paramount release. Mm-hmm. And uh what more can you say about it? It's still it's still great. Uh I think And uh, the uh, the Criterion makes it even more so, and it's got a beautiful booklet in there, and it's just uh, it's it's terrific. I mean, you know, so uh, uh, Scream Factory, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, uh, they have issued a 40th anniversary edition of Carrie, and uh, I I did get a chance to look at. Yeah, I did. I did. I I looked at. I I haven't gotten through all the extras yet. I did get to look at the actual the the, the film and it's stunningly good. I'm going to tell you it's uh it is a 4K um transfer and they've it's the best this film's ever looked. I mean the proper amounts of grain mm-hmm. are present. Uh-huh. Uh you know the detail the levels of detail I mean there's things I noticed as far as the detail uh, that I don't think I've ever noticed before, just little small things, nothing you know major, but it's just really, really good, and, and they've opted to put the film on one single disc, and then all the extras are on a second disc, and it has reversible artwork. They have their artwork that they commissioned, and if you don't want that, you can reverse it, and uh, it has a reproduction of the original poster, um, so you can reverse that. And it's uh, but the extras are are really good. They have uh, all the carryovers from the old uh, MGM UA release from the early two thousands. All of those are there. So if you got that one, you can you can ditch it or whatever. And they've got tons of new ones. They've got interviews with Pino Danzio, who did the music, of course, and scored a lot of the De Palma films. And there's right been, right uh, new new interviews with Paul Hirsch, and whom we've had on the mm. you guys had on the show and. Uh, there's also um uh interviews with I think Betty Buckley and Piper Laurie new new stuff with them and uh, just just a lot of you know and uh and the one of the features that I like on these Scream Factory uh Blu-rays is when they go back and revisit the shooting locations for these films and they've done that on several yeah. of these releases they did a what is it Horrors, Hallowed Grounds or something like that I think Sure yeah 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 yeah, those are great. They did one on the Howling a couple of years ago that was just a hoot, and uh, they they've done that again on Carrie. So uh, anyway, uh, really, if you're a
2: Carrie fan or a De Palma fan, this is this is another must-have.
1: So can I just
2: say something? We've mentioned two great De Palma films on this show. Anyone who doubts our De Palma creed can go to hell. Um, I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, no, it's just, he's just the greatest. He's just I, I love him. I just. I wish Brian De Palma was the kind of guy we could have on the show every week, you know, just to chat, you know, just to rap with.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but no, well, and we awesome. were prof- we were professing De Palma love ten years ago when it yeah, wasn't I mean, necessarily in, yeah, in I mean, vogue. Yeah, you know, we that. were
2: doing this while everyone else was like, e- whatever. But you know, we were the we we, we <laughs> I mean, we should have made that documentary, and it would have been five hours long. But I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, <it> would have. <laughs> you know, so Brian, a couple, a couple of now? thoughts. Uh, a couple of thoughts. Carrie, I think, uh, I mean, God, what a great movie. It would be a yeah. perfect movie if it did not have that getting tailored for the prom <laughs> sequence that's set up with the kazoo music and everything. Uh, I mean, what yeah. the hell was he thinking of that sequence? Because <laughs> otherwise, it's a beautiful movie. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. But secondly, uh, when, when I interviewed Paul Hirsch, who's the editor of the movie, um, yeah. We talked we talked for like an hour and we spoke about all of his collaborations with De Palma and I felt like I, I had taken up enough of his time. So I started to close the interview and he was like, Really? That's it? He said, You haven't even asked about Star Wars <laughs> I was <laughs> like, Well, I don't I didn't read the slight Star Wars. I just I was paranoid about taking up too much of your time. So he went on to talk about uh, Star Wars and planes, trains and automobiles and how there was a five-and-a-half-hour first cut of Planes Trains.
2: Oh, I know.
0: Um, that
1: was, I heard that interview. Man, and, that was uh, astounding.
0: And right at, right after we aired that interview, this guy call, uh, uh, sent an email that said, I'm starting a petition for Paramount Pictures to release the uncut version of Planes Trains. I need your <laughs> help. And I'm like, no. That, <laughs> no, we're no, not going to help. Gonna help. <laughs> <laughs> I love Planes Trains, but – you know those elements are probably all gone, and yeah, it, I'm, sure. I'm sure they never they never survived. Uh, a, a first cut doesn't survive. I mean, it, it's it's no. meant to be discarded, in a way.
1: Yeah, and there if you look closely at Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, there's definitely some stuff that's missing there if you if you pay close attention. Because there's a I, I noticed towards the end there's a scene where uh, John Candy mysteriously gets a black eye, and you really don't understand why. Yeah, I mean there's really no explanation. Mm. You just he just has a black eye, and later scenes of the film that never, and there, I, I, I'm I'm sure there was probably some big gag that uh, would explain that that was trimmed, but you have to really be looking for it and be you know on your toes to see it. But there are a few there there are a few um, telltale signs if you look to see that there's some stuff missing there that that they well he said that and, he
0: said that there was a hysterical sequence, uh, just a, a shot on John Candy as he was uh, smoking a cigarette drinking beer and eating a hot dog at the same time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, uh, it's, it, it would be great to see that stuff. It really would. But, uh, Well, uh, we have, uh, like I said, we have so those are, those are three or two great releases already, Boyhood, well, three on the 11th, Boyhood, Carrie, and McCabe and Mrs. Miller. So if that doesn't enter, uh, cause you to empty your pocketbooks, uh, these next ones will, I'm sure, because uh, we also, on the same day, we have um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross,
2: <laughs> oh. Lionsgate,
1: issued that. So uh, another must-have, I must say, Um and, uh, I mean, what more can be said about that that hasn't been said already? And the uh, Scream Factory edition of The Thing officially was released
2: that day. Yeah, gist. dude, that, that is getting like, um, at least on social media, that people keep talking about this version. I mean, all my it's friends, amazing. like on all their feeds, is just going crazy about this. Yeah,
1: it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And it's got a it's got a great commentary with uh, Dean uh, Kundy on there where he it's the way they lit certain sequences uh, to indicate who may or may not be the thing, right? Have the thing in, you know, and he he kind of gives a little insight into that. It's uh, it's good, and it has the uh, television version, which is slightly different. You know, there's a different ending there. And uh, so that's complete. They have a complete. That's on the second disc, you get the complete uh, uh, CBS television broadcast version. I remember that. I
2: remember. I, yeah. So I went to. We went to just see Aliens that day. hmm. And then I was home alone and watched The Thing. Because I'd never seen it before. That was the first time I'd watched it. Because I heard. Everyone said it was so scary and everything. So I, was kind of, so I watched Aliens and then I watched The Thing. And I'm just like. Dude, I'm upstairs in my mom's room. I'm like in like like basically like, you know, the girl on Pulp Fiction like right in front of the TV watching the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> 10 years old I'm just like sitting there. This is awesome. I love this. I mean, yeah.
0: You know what? They had they had a, uh, you know how the magazines, online magazines now do a uh, history of each movie and mm-hmm. they yeah. have the participants of the movie kind of quoted and telling the story of from beginning to end. Uh, they had one of the on the thing, and I forget who did it. It Was Salon or somebody? Anyway, um, they had all the key players for the most part, and then they had Wolford Bremley, <clears throat> who was a man of very few words, and I would imagine in his nineties now. Um, but the few words that he said, uh, he was like, "Yeah, that John Carpenter was. A, he was a great director." And he he talked about him like he was one of the best directors that he ever worked with john carpenter and he said uh, and he thought it was neat that he was able to be the thing at the end of it which is kind of cool wolfred brimley heads <laughs> up being the, the thing, thing. <laughs>
1: that would have been an interesting twist <laughs> yeah so um yeah he's 82 actually so believe it or okay. not yeah he's you're but not But doesn't bald.
0: he end up being the monster doesn't he end up being the monster at the end of it
1: uh, well, he did. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah Yep. He, he put sure his does. fingers yep.
0: in the guy's cheeks, which That's I thought exactly like right,
1: like, yeah, forgot about that, one of yeah. the
0: grossest, most painful effects I've ever seen. Just something, oh, dude, something that? like that.
2: Oh my God. That movie's full of, that him, is though, true. But, I
0: mean, <laughs> he just,
1: he, he always looked so, so much older, even when he was young, when he was a fairly young guy. <laughs>
2: See, it'd be really cool if someone did a mashup of that and his character in the natural and cocoon. Um, but I'm just saying, I mean, so, yeah, yeah,
0: and he's so he's so like grandfatherly. It's like, yeah, he put his fingers in the guy's cheeks, and then he went to the <laughs> kitchen to make a bowl of cream of wheat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep, they should have had him just uh, like cooking a meal without washing his hands after he did that. That would have been a great addition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah he, yeah, he is a thing in that movie. That's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well. There's uh the hills have eyes uh, the 1977 uh, hills have eyes uh, came out in a uh, Still scary. limited ad- yeah uh, hey, well, yeah that's
2: a scary well, film man to this day that's a scary movie
1: yeah it's uh it's I'd say it's one of Wes Craven's better efforts uh but yeah it
2: uh, Arrow put that one out Arrow Video not man. the second one that he made the second one no, where no. the dog has a flashback is um yeah not not. <laughs> That
1: movie sucked balls, but uh. yeah, yeah, that that this is true. But uh, anyway, so uh, the Ida Lupino Robert Ryan film from 1951 on Dangerous Ground, directed by Nicholas Ray, uh, has oh, been wow. put out by mm. uh, Warner Brothers Warner Archives. So they they've issued that, and and, um, and then we get into the Twilight Time stuff. Uh, and there's quite a, a, a really good batch of titles. I don't think there's a bad one in the batch. Uh you've got oh. Boxcar Bertha, obvious early Scorsese, and um so you have that, you have uh Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Um you have um Runaway Train. Which is uh I don't even I'm not even sure that was ever released on D V D much less, but anyway, uh, got that. Um The Chase with uh, Marlon Brando. Oh. Mm. And uh and then uh and then this one's a really good one. Uh John Frankenheimer's uh film uh The Train.
2: Uh That's a great movie. I love yeah. that movie.
1: So yeah, and that has been issued before uh, but they ran through them. Uh, they they ran through all three thousand of the original pressing, and so they've run three thousand. They pressed up three thousand more, and uh, I think this will probably be it. So if this one, it, when it's gone, it's gone. So if you didn't get the train the first time around and you want it, uh, I'd say better get out there and
0: grab it before it's gone. So I have a question for you, Adam. Um, mm-hmm. Scorsese Scorsese through his foundation just uh, they just remastered One Eye Jacks uh mm-hmm. restored it <clears throat> right is, is, is that is that going to be released by someone soon
1: yes criterion is issuing that next month so uh that is okay. a criterion release and uh, they will they will be issuing that next month along with uh, punch drunk love that was their two lead titles for for next month uh and uh and the lone wolf and cub box set
2: they're doing that as well so yeah that's yeah i mean that whole november that Oh, man. It's right incredible in November. I'm telling. Dude, Lone Wolf, Pine Love, The Squid and the Whale, uh, I mean I know um One I Jack. I mean it's just dude, that November is insane. I it mean It is. It really is. I'm gonna have to rob a bank, but yeah, yeah, I mean
1: <laughs> Yeah, when, when I heard when I saw that line up my eyes about popped out of my head when they sent mm-hmm. me the email. I was like, Okay. <laughs> this is awesome. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm so excited about that uh, One-Eyed Jacks. That's I mean, that movie has been so shabbily treated all these years and uh it's just going to be great, you know it is. So uh I'm, I'm yeah. really really jonesing for that one. But um anyway, so uh so yeah, I think that uh, might cover all the way- well, if you want to get into TV, they they did release the complete series of Knight Rider. So <laughs> not that anybody was okay. looking for it, but well, that's <laughs> and all the Miami TV Vice we did. need to cover. <laughs> yeah, Well, Miami Vice also, Mill Creek, the complete series. Um, but yeah, and there is an It's a Wonderful Life uh, Platinum Anniversary Edition 70th, because it turned 70 this year, if you can believe that. Uh, wow. I, I would like to say that it has some new stuff on there, but uh, it's the exact same pressing that they did about five years ago or six or seven or whatever. Uh, it has a, a blu-ray of the uh the original black and white version on one disc and then the color version on another and then there's like a brief documentary so it's nothing really new unless you just want to there are some uh collectible cards that they put in there for this one but uh unless you want to you know unless you want to pay uh, r- r- buy it all over again and double dip for for the cards and you know that'll be up. A... or if you don't have it of course you know it's worth having but anyway, right right Move on to the eighteenth. Uh a lot of interesting titles this day. Screen Factory uh does it again with Child's Play. There's a uh, Child's Play uh two disc special collectors edition that uh and you can buy the uh, Deluxe Limited Edition which actually comes with a Chucky doll. So, um
2: Oh yeah, uh, I really want
1: the doll. Come to life yeah. <laughs> probably if I buy it.
2: Come to life and kill me, <laughs> but I mean yes, sir.
1: But yeah, it's 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 got tons of new extras and um you know they they duplicate all the other ones from the MGM previous MGM release so uh if you if you didn't pick up the uh sp- the uh, special edition of Child's Play in the past you might want to might want to think about it
0: isn't uh, it, isn't it amazing how um Brad Doris started his film career with Billy Bibbit <clears throat> uh and but his legacy really will be the Child's Play movies it's true. Uh, yeah, that's very true. There, there's a there's an AV, AV club has a sp- feature called Random Roles, where
2: mm-hmm. they interview
0: different actors and they ask about all the different credits on their resume. And I really like the series. And they just interviewed Brad Dorf and he talks in detail about Child's Play and how he approaches it, almost you know, as seriously and thoughtfully as something like a Cuckoo's Nest or Heaven's Gate or something. Uh, it's an right. it's interesting.
1: Yeah, he's uh yeah, he's he's serious about that. Um, you know, I, I was at one of those uh conventions where he was at and he talked to, you know at length about, you know, that being his legacy or whatnot and <laughs> he wasn't ashamed of it though. He was uh he was embracing of it. So uh anyway, uh but uh so Warner Brothers issued uh the Abel Ferrara version of Body Snatchers on that Yeah. Show. Uh,
2: okay. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, that that one kind of came up all of a sudden. Uh, they weren't, they didn't really announce it till like three weeks before it came out. It was
2: kind of sudden.
1: Anyway, does uh, it have extras so, on it? Um, I'm, I don't think so. I think it's just the uh, a, a Blu-ray upgrade of the original film. I don't think. I think there may be a commentary there. But, uh, but I think okay, there well, a commentary, be nice. maybe. Yeah, I think so. But um, anyway, uh, Bride of com- Every
0: time I think of every time I think of Abel Ferrara. I think of the surprise I had when I talked to him because I was expecting him to be like a major, uh, like hard ass. No, uh, no, he's a sweetheart, man. Yeah. Well, you watch his movies and you think these are really hard movies. I mean, they're, they're to the, to the wall. Uh, But he was an absolute sweetheart. And like, I asked a question and he said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Ask that question again. That was so good. I don't want to miss any part of it. And then at the end of it, he was, he, I swear to God, he was like, "I love you, man." <laughs> yeah, I remember that, dude. That was
2: a good. That was a great interview,
0: man. And I oh, was like, great. "What the hell?" That was the last thing I expected from Abel Ferrara, but he was a sweetheart. Oh,
2: really? Yeah, I remember that interview. It was great.
0: It yeah. was.
2: That was for that movie about the end of the world, right? The um... yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So, uh, well. Uh, well,
1: The Bride of Reanimator, Arrow put that out, which is, um, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I'm a big fan of the original Reanimator, not so much the sequels, but uh, I'm sure that it has its fans. Uh, but uh, yeah, they uh, we also have a uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There's a uh, Supreme Cinema series mastered in
2: 4K, so uh, they've they've Are they brought out doing that for the New Angling. Lee movie? Is that what they're like, like prepped, or am I mistaken of that? You might be right. You might be on to okay. something about that. But I'm not sure.
1: but Anyway, uh, Fuzz from 1972, I think that's the one with uh, Burt Reynolds. Is that, yeah, Burt Reynolds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's what Dean reviewed last the other week. That's yeah, right. yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: he did. Sure did. Yeah, and uh, Olive Films issued Gas, the uh, Roger Corman film. So they put that one out. Gas. Uh, Gas. No, that's
0: what I review every night, every night. <laughs> yeah, well, I
2: mean, I mean, if you live in this house, yes, you do. But I mean, I didn't know you did this, Jamie, but okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. So, uh, But Lionsgate issued Hamburger Hill from 1987. It was. Sold. I like that movie.
2: Wow. I do like that movie. That's a John oh, Irvin yeah? movie. I do like that. That's a good movie.
1: Yeah, I saw that in the theater when it came out. It, it's it's not, up, not quite up to Full hey, it's Metal not, Jacket. It's not, but, no, it's
2: not Full Metal Jacket. It's not Platoon. It's just a strict, like, you know, action. Right. Action. And it's, you know, John Irving, who I guess up until he did, you know, The Dogs of War yeah, and right. Raw Deal, if I'm not mistaken. the, the hey, he did, there. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yep. man, that's him. Man, I had a crush on Catherine Harold and Raw Deal after I saw oh, that yeah. it. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, who didn't? I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Something. Uh, but I remember. I mean, Hamburger Hill came in the uh, the aftermath. It was '87. You said, is that what? You yeah, 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 The fall, they, fall of
1: '87. Yeah.
0: Okay, so it came in the aftermath of Platoon. I remember critically. I think I recall it being kind of blasted, and I, I think remembering critics talking about how incredibly violent and and grotesque it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember much about it. Uh, I just re- but the remember violence the scene, is what turned a lot of people. The on. violence
2: was like over the top, but I mean it was a war movie, so I mean, yeah. I mean, they showed. I just remember the, the, a couple of the guys who were in like states of shock, and yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie though. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you would be yeah, you could. I mean, you can compare it to Full Metal Jacket and Platoon, but you'd be really wrong to. It's just too. It's just such a totally different tone of movie from those two. Yeah, I mean... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it since uh, since I saw it in a theater, and that was 29 years ago, so I, I think that was the see, last... Yeah, time. You know, a, lot of, a lot of, a lot of war days,
0: movie... Uh, a lot of people that love war movies love Hamburger Hill. I don't yeah. know yeah. About, uh, about veterans. I mean, I interviewed a veteran for the Full Metal Jacket episode, and he and he makes it... He, teaches uh, war and film in, in in at university too i mean it's his career and i don't remember him talking about hamburger hill but he talks about everything else the the one that really turns veterans off is uh first blood part 2
2: oh yeah uh, that oh yeah, seems, oh, yeah. That I can see let's do that. Be the, see that.
0: The, the the criminal uh film for for veterans yeah It's still
1: shocking to think that uh, James Cameron wrote that. I just, I I still can't get my head around that, even though we know it's true. So (laughs) it's just, (laughs) it's just amazing. Anyway, uh, but speaking of Stallone, funny you would bring that up. Uh, Nighthawks came out from Shout Factory, Mm -hmm. and they put that out. I wish that they had been able to locate the uh, original uh, cut that was. I think they were going to give it an X at one point because it was uh, because of the violence
2: mm-hmm. but
1: uh they trimmed it and uh Universal declined to be involved with they de- declined to participate with Shout Factory uh, in the uh in getting them a cut uh, the, an alternate cut of the film so they just had to go with the standard but uh luckily they have remastered it and it looks good and all that and there's some extras there uh like that. I like that. Lind- like yeah. A lot. I do too. I think it's one of the better uh, Stallone films that's non-Rocky, non-Rambo. I think it's one of <laughs> I the. I thought
2: it was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it, it is. Yeah, we talked to a Billy D. A Williams, bit to, uh, man.
2: Billy D. Williams. That's right. Don't forget, and Rudder Hauer, I mean, got everybody.
0: Well, uh, Rudder Howard talked to us a little bit about it, about being in that movie. When we yeah, yeah, thank God we
2: him. did that interview, like like from across <laughs> the Atlantic or whatever. I mean. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And you you talk about oh, by crushes,
2: isn't
1: You go had on. a crush on yeah. Edgar
0: Howard? I I <laughs> no,
1: no, no, I was going to say a uh, Lindsay Wagner was my crush as a kid, so she's uh, oh, in this, and uh, so yeah, there you go. But anyway, go on. By
0: the, by the way, something completely unrelated. I just want to let everybody know. I just lost the eBay auction for the vinyl soundtrack to Cue the Winged Serpent.
2: Oh my oh, god, man. You, wait, you got tentacles But you didn't get Q, what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Q is a great movie Oh my god, I that love is. that movie I do oh too my Oh my god, how could you I do, do that, man
0: God damn you I mean
2: Yeah, that's a it's great one, for, man It sold for $26 I, Ugh. I bet is responsible for it I know he, he did that to you He did that deliberately
1: yeah, that's a great movie. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um well, Pan's Labyrinth was issued by Criterion and um so they've done they they put that out um uh and have, you know, done all the remastering with the extras and all that. And they also issued a uh box set of Guillermo del Toro films called uh Trilogia del Trilagia de Guillermo del Toro
2: yeah no, that no. box.
1: yeah you got Great. Chronos and uh of course pan's labyrinth and uh and you've got um the devil's backbone and um so
2: you know it's that's like, why you got those two i gotta say, I mean, I think Pan's labyrinth is his masterpiece i really i agree do believe i mean I, I love agree. the devil's backbone, I love Chronos. I mean, I mean, basically, if you're gonna say like why any, you know, why we make a big deal about him, it's those three films. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, I like don't get me wrong. I like like Hellboy. I think Pacific Rim is fun. I think the the. What, what was the one? Crimson Crimson Peak was. Yeah. Wanted to be something great, but it never really quite gets there. But these three films, if you ever wonder why people make a big deal about him. Mm-hmm. I think this is where you start. I mean, this is, like, really why we think that – I think this guy yeah. is a visionary, these three films. Um,
1: yeah, it's uh – they've really done a, a nice job. It's got a, a good-looking book, and just – I mean, they've really gone all out for this. So, uh, anyway, uh, but all the films issued the uh, Larry Cohen film, Special Effects. Speaking of Q, directed by Larry Cohen. Here's yeah, the yeah, Cohen. man. So, yeah. Uh, Special oh, God, Effects. Yeah and um, yeah. they also issued strategic air command it's another olive release and uh Aquino has issued uh, table for 5 with John Voigt from 1983 mm. and oh, wow
0: one of those uh table for jerkers. Five. Table, f- yeah. table for 5 it's about uh, it's about a meeting of uh all the uh, Republicans in Hollywood <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh yeah that's uh yeah, knowing John Void as we do, uh, uh so Kino also issued the Laughing Policeman with uh, Walter Matthau, which I think is a very underrated um, cop film.
2: You know, it's an important film. film actually, and those books are very important too because everyone they were like really like the first of the. I, would you agree with us, Adam? The first of the the Scandinavian detective series. I mean, the first of the great. Yeah. I mean that's yeah, sure. really the precursor. I mean this is really these books are they're, they're very popular books, but I mean really you could I don't think you could have like um, Henny Mankell or the or the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo without this movie and book. I mean I really do believe that.
1: Yeah I know I've always had a fondness for it. I saw it when I was a real little kid uh, back in the late '70s I think mm-hmm. it was on network and. I've always. Right. It still holds up, I think. Um, yeah. No. No. But the, it's uh, Ke- Yeah, it is. And Keno also issued a Trouble Man with um, Robert Hooks, the uh, black exploitation film, with the score featuring a film score by Marvin Gaye. Wow. So, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the only one that he ever scored. But uh, that's a. That's that's a good one too. I, I would highly recommend Trouble Man if we got people out there who's never seen it. It's it's one of the better black exploitation efforts from that period. And um, the Return of Dracula from 1958. That's an all the films release. Uh, and you're talking about the Vestron stuff that's coming out from Lionsgate. They've uh, put one out this month. Uh, it's a double feature of Waxwork and Waxwork Two: Lost in Time and Waxworth mm-hmm. was the one was that Gallagher who started in yeah, I was going to
2: say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's in that. I mean, yeah. yep.
1: So uh so so they did they did that and um and then there's the Marx Brothers Silver Screen collection which has all of the uh the Marx Brothers films that were released uh that were distributed by Paramount and uh Universal controls those now. And so um, they have uh, issued uh, all of those in a box set with new transfers and all that good stuff. And um, there's, uh, uh, I'd say probably duck soup is the best one out of the batch on Mm -hmm. on those. But, uh, you know, there's, uh, but Animal Crackers is in there, the coconuts, and, uh, you know, you get the point. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So. uh, Yep. So. But they. uh, But yeah. Like I said, they they went all out for that. Uh, Burial ground was issued on the uh, the twenty fifth of October. One of those uh, Italian horror films. Probably remember that or maybe not, but (laughs) anyway.
2: (laughs) I like that, or maybe
1: not. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, and there's a uh, Mad Max High Octane collection that's an Amazon exclusive that has all the all the Mad Max films, including the new um, black and white version of Mad Max Fury Road, which is yeah,
2: I mean a big, that's that is, I think, the selling point of this. Uh-huh.
0: I mean that that's really the mm. yeah.
1: So the, and these are coming out. On can't the you pitches. just
0: can't you just adjust the color on your TV set to make it black and white? It'd be the same thing. Well, yeah, I, I was
2: going so. to say that,
0: but yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: you you would think so, but uh, yeah, there was a,
2: <laughs>
1: supposedly a demand for it, so
0: I don't know, but, but um, didn't
2: they also do that with the mist that uh, one? They did. Version yes,
0: the mist. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I understand it with the mist. I, I I do because that that's supposed to be reminiscent of a you know fifties. Right, fifties kind of it came from outer space kind of horror experience. But Mad Max: Fury Road never in that movie did I say, "Oh God, if only this weren't in color." I, yeah, no, it never I, occurred to I me. Don't,
2: yeah, I don't understand that. With the mist, I get it. Mad Max, well, I love I love Fury Road and everything. It's just none of the Mad Max films ever said, "Hey, wouldn't this really benefit from black and white?"
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd be interested to take a look at it, but um, anyway, at any rate, so the documentary about uh, Norman Lear is being issued called uh, Norman Lear, Just Another Version of You, which uh, I have not got, that got pretty positive notices, I didn't get a chance to see it, but, um, so we had that, and uh, there's a box set called um, The Herschel Gordon Lewis Feast. From Arrow, mm. and then uh, we lost him last month. You know the right. horror director Herschel Gordon Lewis, and uh, this was announced uh, supposedly before he passed, um, but <laughs> maybe they're in
0: cahoots like uh, Kino. Uh, but, uh, another example, man. <laughs> yeah, here you go. I tell you but, what, uh, I, was wor- I was working on scheduling an interview with him, and then oh, said, wow. uh, he's doing very limited phone interviews, and then you yeah. know about a week later, I found out why.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He died. died.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that will definitely limit your uh, your interviews for sure. (laughs) But but, yeah, well that's um, you know that's a shame you didn't get to chat with him because that would have been interesting for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to have this, actually. It's a huge box set, but uh, that one's a little pricey. Uh, but it's got them all. Uh, it's got all of his films in there. So if you're a Herschel Gordon-Lewis fan, uh, and they're all on Blu-ray, and uh, I think there's some DVDs in there with extras. So uh, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Big Harry American Winning Edition. So,
2: <laughs> for whatever it's worth... Uh, there's
1: yeah it. there you go i mean yeah. wow okay yeah and uh now olive all films has gotten into the um the uh the business of doing these deluxe special editions like criterion they're calling it olive signature it's their new line that they've got out there and uh, they've issued two films this month last month they did uh, johnny guitar if you remember in high noon And those are the first two on that label, and they're doing uh, Hanny Calder next month and Macbeth, the Orson Welles. Mm. Uh, This month, they're doing The Quiet Man and Night of the Grizzly on their Olive Signature line. So, Hmm. um, so it'll be interesting. That's a double feature I've never thought of, okay. Mm. (laughs) Well, they're separate. (laughs) They're they're issuing them separate, but uh, (laughs) on separate discs. Yeah. And uh, so, and then this one I'm really excited about too. Uh, haven't haven't gotten a chance to take a look at it, but uh, the review copy is is here, and just haven't. But um, can't wait to dig in. The Exorcist Three uh, Collector's Edition, which has uh, the director's cut of Exorcist Three, and that was a film that was long no- known to have been tampered with by the studio when it came out, and um, unfortunately, they could not find film sources for the director's cut so they had to take it from a vhs tape uh that's the bad part but uh it will be interesting to see the director's cut in wow, whatever really? fashion we can yeah whatever fashion we can get it wow. in because you know that was directed by uh william peter blatty of course who wrote the original uh the exorcist and it was supposed to be you know a direct continuation of uh of the extra the the original film because the uh the it's character, not a bad, kinderman it's not a
0: bad movie.
1: No, uh, not and, at all. Uh,
0: it's a it's a good movie and it has uh it has that one huge shock scene in it. Oh yes. But um, yes. you know uh I gotta tell you something funny. The other week I got a press screener copy of uh, Hillary's America on Blu ray. Oh, yeah God. the Nesh the oh, Souza documentary. Oh geez. and Next next time you're in a store, look at the cover. The cover has a quote from William P- Peter Blatty on the bottom of it, and he says, "This is the scariest movie I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It sounds it like a horror movie uh, for conservatives. It's it's very oh, funny. Oh my goodness! Very funny.
1: Uh, that I'm sure it, I'm sure it really is. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, I I I can't wait to see it actually to see what uh, you know because I've always been a fan of Exorcist three. I thought it was you know you got George C Scott taking over for Lee J Cobb who played the or, that role of Lieutenant Kenderman Yeah in the original, but um they were talking about um I think uh there, there's an extra on there somebody had sent me a clip of it or something where they were talking about Jason Miller you know who does you know he comes back in that role of Damian Damien in there and. We're talking about how he was such an alcoholic that he actually had the heart attack that killed him at a bar. He was drinking, and uh, wow. I found that to be quite fascinating. I never knew that story that he was, uh, you know, had that kind of a problem. But uh, you know, he had a son that died, and I think that contributed somewhat to that. You know, well, his uh, his, other
0: J- his other son is his other son is Jason Patrick.
1: Right. Yeah. So, but then uh, yeah, I think he had another, and he and he wrote.
0: Did he write uh, the play th- uh, that championship season? I think he, he did. Yep. Wrote it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, hmm. was, I don't know. It's, um, it's kind of sad. But anyway, I think that pretty well takes care of all of the. Uh, well, there's one criterion we didn't mention: the executioner uh, that was issued on. Um, uh, well, it's coming out Tuesday, uh, October 25th. Mm-hmm. and uh, so that's I think from 1970 I believe it's not um, a recent executioner it's an old one so <laughs> anyway uh and uh so I think that pretty well takes care of uh all the releases for October and there was quite a few of them I think there yeah there were
0: okay yeah, so here's our list in honor of Halloween uh actually I can't, uh I thought that they gave you the option for. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, damn it! It's still loading. There are fifty titles, so it has to load. <laughs> all up one page. We're not going to okay. review all fifty titles.
2: I was gonna say. Uh, I mean, you know.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll do the top ten. Let's. Uh, once this loads, we'll do the top ten best horror movies of the eighties. All
2: right, that's good. I can live with that. Okay.
0: Sounds good. And a list of fifty. I mean, most of them are represented on this list, but this is you know from Collider dot com, top ten best horror movies of the eighties. Well, number ten is already kind of auspicious. Their number ten is Gremlins. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: That's uh, you know, horror best horror films of the eighties. I don't know. I, I mean, it's
0: it's good, but.
2: It's, I don't know. I don't really consider it horror though. It's
0: something. All right. You yeah, know. I mean. All right. Well, I'm already Yeah, I, I think battle. that's the. Uh, I think it's a very enjoyable movie. Uh, uh, I don't know. Would you call it a horror movie? Yeah, maybe you would. Mm. I mean, it's a uh, comedy horror. Uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah. as,
1: it's as much of a Christmas movie as it is a horror film. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a holiday film too. So I don't know. You can go several ways with that one. I think, but.
0: Yeah. Um, number 9 is uh From Beyond, Stuart Gordon. Yeah, yeah, Stuart Gordon, yeah. Yeah, I
2: was I I mean this is not a great I'm not a, a favorite of mine, but yeah, it's, it's more so than Gremlins. Though. I mean,
1: yeah, I have a grudging affection for it. It's it's not a great film, but it has some good moments in it. It's,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's it was his follow-up to Reanimator and it's uh it pales in comparison to Reanimator. I mean, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a hard one to top, so
0: yeah. Uh number eight, Tenebrae. Argento, Dario Argento. Wow.
1: That's this, pretty this good.
0: Guy is really, I, I I can't argue with that. I'm glad to see Argento on here,
2: but okay. Yeah. That's probably Argento's
1: best film of the eighties. You you would mm-hmm. probably say that, uh because yeah. most of his his big ones came out of the seventies. So if, as far as his eighties output, that's probably the best thing he did.
0: Number seven, uh, Near Dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's outstanding, yeah. Still works.
0: Uh, Number six, in a way, I wish Catherine Bigelow would go back to making those kinds of movies, actually. Oh, Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Number six is Videodrome.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. That's... That still holds up. Yeah.
0: Uh, their number five is what most people would consider the number one. I, I, I mean, at least I would imagine. Uh, their number five is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer.
1: Yeah, seems like that would be a little higher on the list.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah, cause, too. I because
1: mean, that ending is uh, if nothing is else. that the most
2: that disturbing ending... movies I've seen. So I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you you don't walk away from that ending without uh, <laughs> think, feel, thinking or feeling something. That's for <laughs> sure.
0: Um, number four is possession. Hmm. Yeah, well, I I've... had a really hard time getting through that film. Yeah, I mean, really, really. Okay, good. Wow,
2: who <laughs> from Collider? Wow, okay.
0: Mm. It's uh, Sam Neil. And Isabella Johnny. Yeah, um, right, yeah. And it, it, when I watched it, I mean, I, it 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 uh, it's one of those movies where I did not know what the hell was happening in it uh, in the first half hour I was watching it. Like, what is going How on? I feel at
2: work every day. I mean, <laughs> and I kind of lost <laughs> patience
0: with it as a result. But I mean, they were do- they were doing in- interesting things with the staging of the movie. There's a there's a scene where. One of them is in a rocking chair, and they're in the foreground of the frame, and they're rocking in and out of the frame, as we see their spouse in the background arguing with them. I thought that was a neat kind of visual device. I mean, it's inventive, but I, I didn't get through it, so I can't. <clears throat> I can't critique it. Um,
1: yeah, that's a blind spot for me. I never, uh, I never checked it out.
0: Number three is. The Fly. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah! Absolutely. Yep, that's hard to
1: beat. I would say
0: the the most the most unexpected and the most deeply felt horror movie of the '80s, probably. Yeah. Was The Fly? Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought it could be such a powerful love story too? Yeah, Uh, and who would have thought that uh, Cronenberg would have been the person to deliver that? We all knew Mm -hmm. that Cronenberg could deliver the guy that turns into the fly, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but but not the deeply felt kind of love story in the center of it.
1: Yeah, plus the subtext on uh, AIDS, you know, that was
0: um, a serious Mm
1: -hmm. topic back then. That's that's a very um, that was very. uh, I mean, when you take into consideration that it's got all those things going on at once, it's it's pretty amazing. You're right
0: yeah I like the fact that it's such a silly premise on the surface, but mm-hmm. it makes it makes real tragedy out of it you know it, yeah, it feels it does. like a tra- like a tragic love story at the end of it when she's sobbing over his body after she has to blow his head off you know mm-hmm. uh, you know it's an amazing movie amazing movie um yep. the number two is the thing uh, that's agreed. we have covered. I can't I can't argue with that. I mean Yeah. The number one film of the eighties, according to Collider, uh, you know what? At one point I might have disagreed with this, but uh since two thousand seven or two thousand ten rather, uh, I cannot. And that's because that's the year I started putting together the Kubrick series. That's the shining.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: no. Yeah. I, I I can't I can't argue with that at all. Wow, no, boy. no way I can argue with that. I mean, it's one of the greats. Come on. I mean, oh my god.
1: Oh yeah, that belongs at the top, no doubt, but I'm thinking of some of the glaring omissions that were uh not there in the top 10. Wow, like putting front from beyond over reanimator, that's just or, or poltergeist. Uh
2: yeah. Or I got mean, uh... I got to put poltergeist on there. I'm sorry. I do.
1: Well, what about uh, Tom Holland's uh Fright Night? Uh I think that's right. right. Um,
2: from
1: eighty five. What about the hitcher? I put the hitcher on there. Oh you? the hitcher, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean those are all Well Hitch-
0: you also have you also have the stuff like a Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you have uh, Oh yeah uh American American Werewolf in London, Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, yeah the Howling. Yeah. The Howling. Yeah. Um
2: I would even well no I wouldn't know, but the Howling the Howling and, yeah, The Nightmare in Elm Street, um, American World of London. Yeah, there's some glaring omissions on here, too. So, I mean. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the I, top 50 really uh, rounds it all up. And so, I mean, you have all that. You have, even have stuff like Wolfen in the top 50.
2: You have yeah. The Serpent
0: in the Rainbow, which many people regard as one of Craven's best from that decade. Uh, you know, The oh. Entity, which is a, which is a really uh, effective what movie. The, the let fog, me ask you
2: this. The oh the fog definitely no the fog certainly um what about mm-hmm. the final conflict is that on is the third Omen movie is that on there anywhere or
0: no none of the Omen movies chud me well I know the, Omen, well, I know
2: not the, the first one but I was curious what the third one was not that I think it's a great movie it grows on you but um I'm just curious
1: yeah that's
0: that's interesting
1: very very interesting
0: Prince of Darkness yeah. is on here
1: um, yeah the stuff. Yeah.
0: Through.
1: I'm a big fan of uh the 1981 horror film uh, Dead and Buried, which was written by the same, you know, oh. the team that wrote Alien. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think that's a great one uh that kind of gets overlooked in the shuffle. And uh I remember when I saw that the first time um it was one of those that a, a friend of mine and I we used to go on weekends and just randomly pick out films off the shelf that looked interesting and we just grabbed <laughs> that one and uh I rem- and that I ending was days. Oh yeah. I- that, that ending was just we weren't see we didn't see that one coming. It's no. like that that ending was like holy cow man. <laughs> it's like well, really. That's what You going know what on?
0: uh a a lot of uh, John Holmes co-stars said the same thing. <laughs> but they also, also on this list, uh, they have Texas Chainsaw 2 is on the list, which that's uh, that's become like a cult favorite, uh, but it so feels like the anti-Texas Chainsaw, the original. I agree. Right. So it feels like this is the chainsaw for people that don't like the the best chainsaw. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I can't believe either anyway, of the Evil okay. Dead
1: movies were in the weren't in the
0: top. Yeah, again. yeah,
2: yeah. What? whoa, whoa. yeah. I mean, uh.
0: well, both of them made yeah. the top fifty. And yeah, I think Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead Two, outranked the original.